0: Welcome. You're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky.
1: And I'm Ben. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. And today's topic is...
0: Motivation.
1: Well, Becky, the uh, winter's over and spring is finally here, although it's kicking and dragging its heels. And that's kind of got me thinking about how, although most humans don't hibernate over the winter, some of us do a pretty good approximation of it. And there's <laughs> just there's something about the cold winter months that it saps my energy, it saps my motivation. So I've been thinking a lot lately about motivation but specifically in the context of kind of like that changing of the seasons and how when when spring is approaching and the weather is getting warmer you sometimes you you start to have more motivation to to do things not just to do the the typical spring cleaning right but even just to do things that you've just been putting off for most of the winter so i just wanted to explore kind of the topic of motivation in general but also Specifically, this changing of motivation levels around springtime.
0: I love it. I feel like our listeners will be right there with us.
1: Mm -hmm. Springtime brings on more motivation for me. Specifically, one example would be how I'm much less interested in doing things around my house, like maintenance stuff, even stuff inside. So we're not even talking about going outside into the cold, snowy weather, Mm -hmm. But also just doing things in around the house, whether it's more heavy duty dusting and cleaning or putting up like some kind of shelves or fixing something inside the house. There's something about winter where I just I get home and all I want to do is just hide under a blanket and drink tea. It's perfectly warm in my house, but I'm not cozy enough unless I'm under that blanket on my couch. And just like there's just something about spring that wakes me up
0: winter it's, you just kind of feel blah but you don't really notice it because it lasts for so long and it's kind of like you're not as motivated to get the extra like physical activity or like you said like the maintenance around your house but yeah it's it's definitely like the small things too
1: mm-hmm.
0: even like going through as simple as it sounds like just Clearing off my desktop, I've just been putting it off for so long. And then finally, I'm like, you know what? This weekend is the weekend. I mean, it was also a little bit shitty outside. So I'm like, okay, well, now I really have no excuse. And I have time.
1: Do you mean your physical desktop or the the desktop on your computer?
0: Oh, yeah, sorry. Desktop on my computer. Well, and also my desk, too, I recently cleaned. So I'm going to say both to that answer. Nice. Yeah, but... It's so true. Like once there is just a little bit more sun at the end of the day, you you just kind of feel like more like awakened and refreshed, and it's kind of like spring cleaning for your house and your body and your mind. That's how I like to think of it. Mm-hmm. So speaking about spring cleaning and feeling more motivated, I want to know what motivates you, Ben.
1: Obviously, there's intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. I'm a big proponent of intrinsic motivation it's a discussion i have with my students quite a bit because lots of them feel like the only reason they should do things is because it's going to get them something right whether it's a mark or get them into a program or something like that and it's one reason why i have gone gradeless in my classes so i don't give numerical marks on any of my assignments anymore i just give them uh feedback on their assignments, and then we give them a final mark at the end of the course because I don't want them to be doing something because they want to get an A. Uh, I need them to be doing something because they want to be learning from it. Because when you go into the workplace, you don't do things in your job to get gold stars from your boss. You do things in your job because hopefully you want to do them and you want to do a good job, right? So I, I try to model that for my students and. I'm not very reward driven. Like it's, I'm not. I'm not here for people to give. It makes me feel awkward even when people give me compliments. I've really had to work hard in the past year or so to just take compliments. Right? People should are just giving me a compliment. I'm just like, thank you for the compliment, and then I just to stop and I don't say, oh, yeah. I don't deserve that or whatever. Um, so when it comes to what motivates me, a lot of it comes down to wanting to like help people out especially helping out my friends. Like if I have a personal thing that I want to do, like a project that I'm doing on the side, and if it's just me doing it, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to procrastinate for as long as I want. Like when it comes to, you know, working on my website and my blog and programming a new feature, there's things I've wanted to do for years now, and they just aren't happening because I just don't make the time to do it. But if a friend wants me to edit an essay or you know, help them out with something or edit a blog post that she's writing. I'll I'll drop whatever I'm doing and just help them with that because I just really like helping my friends out. It makes me feel good. It's kind of like part of my core identity, I think. So when my friends ask me for help, that somehow it's like a switch that, that gets flipped and it's like, yes, okay, we are going to do this now.
0: I'm going to agree with you on some of your points. Like I'm definitely more intrinsically motivated where I sort of like have a goal in mind and I want to like accomplish that yes I like doing things for friends but I don't think that like motivates me to do things like even more if that makes sense but for me it's like I'm always like okay like how can I like do better or be better kind of thing like if I have a goal of let's say you know speaking better French or just like improving content on my blog. I sometimes like ask myself, did I do better today than I did yesterday? Or like, how can I improve? Also, I'm not going to say I'm totally intrinsically motivated because I am sometimes extrinsically motivated as I'm sure like most people are.
1: Extrinsic motivation has its place, right? Like let's not, well, not position intrinsic motivation as inherently better, right? There's times and oh, places yeah, where... totally. Yeah, extrinsic motivation is what you want, right? Like there's things that nobody's ever gonna do because they want to do them, but we still do them, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What's an example for you when you're really extrinsically motivated?
0: I would say like one example for me would be like, like food motivated. (laughs) Like if somebody's like, oh, you know, there's this thing, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you want to go to it? And at first it doesn't sound like super appealing. And then they're like, but there's free food. I think, like, that, like, makes me more motivated to go. (laughs) Yep,
1: yep, motivated by your stomach, yep.
0: (laughs) Yep, motivated by my stomach for sure. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, for the most part, like, more so, like, intrinsically motivated. I think the important thing is just to know, like, whether you are, like, extrinsically motivated or intrinsically motivated. Because, like you said, like, I'm not, we're not saying, like, one is better than the other. But there are people that are inherently, like, more extrinsically motivated and that's okay it's just yeah you just gotta like know yourself in those yeah situations. it's like being an
1: introvert or an extrovert right it's a personality yeah. thing. and you know some people yeah, are really
0: and, well and it's also like a state too it's not like it's totally fixed but it's like also like a state like it's a state and a trait
1: yeah that's a, oh, that rhymes <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really good point actually yes you're right it's It's something that can definitely change and morph over time, whether that's over your lifetime or even, I suppose, like it could be situational based on like your location and where you're at in your life, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Because, for example, I imagine that for um, people who are poor, money is more of an extrinsic motivator than people who have a lot of extra money lying around, right? Because once you get to a certain point, you know, if somebody offers you an extra ten thousand dollars as like a mm-hmm. bonus if you're already making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that's not mm-hmm. much of an incentive but if you're somebody who is making you know just enough to keep yourself afloat an extra ten thousand dollars would be a huge incentive a lot of money yeah
0: yes i think you made some really great points i also recently listened to an audiobook called drive the surprising the surprising truth about what motivates us and I thought it was so interesting because if you offer somebody, like, an extrinsic motivation when they, like, intrinsically like to do something, so say, I really love painting, and then someone's like, I will give you $10,000 to paint me, I don't know, a plant or a sailboat or something, Mm -hmm. and then that kind of, like, takes away your internal, like, motivation, so now you're... just doing it you're strictly doing it for the money and so now like you sort of like associate it with that and it kind of like robs you from wanting to do certain things and he was also mentioning which i thought was interesting like don't give your kids like money for chores because then they'll know like that's like not a very good thing to do or like a fun thing to do so they'll constantly just be depending on like money to like do do those things instead of like wanting to help out around the house which is kind of like counterintuitive like you would think that oh yeah like if I give my kid like five dollars to take out the trash every time like maybe eventually he'll just like want to take out the trash but mm-hmm. it just becomes like more of a like more of a chore and like more of a hassle so I could definitely relate with the whole like somebody wanting to commission you for artwork that you don't necessarily want to do so I think that's why it's super important. Like if you want to be doing something like that you love, like do it because you love it and not just for the money. Like don't make that your reward, like make it like because you want to do it. If if that's how you work and who you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I've heard other people say that before, you know, don't don't reward your kids with extra things on top of teaching them like you need to do chores, right? For for yeah. all those reasons you articulated. And what you, what you said earlier about sort of taking on things for almost the wrong reasons and then not having any of that intrinsic motivation to it reminds me of something we were talking about last week when you were talking about how like, craft projects that we take on. And mm-hmm. you were asking me, like, would, you, would I knit something that uh, I wasn't necessarily that interested in knitting, but if somebody had offered me like a lot of money to knit it and it was worth my while to actually take on that project, would I still do it? Yep. and I said mm, probably not if I weren't interested um yep I'm definitely much more motivated to finish projects if they're for if they're gifts for friends or mm-hmm. commissions from friends but commissions that I'm interested in doing and I remember right. you, you you gave me uh, an example of a time you took on a project for your aunt
0: yep she asked me to paint her a sailboat and I was like yeah sure I love painting sailboats are are cool and I, I remember it was like during the summer or something this was like a long time ago too mind you and I just I like it, I had to like force myself to do it mm-hmm. but and and now that I'm thinking of like how you mentioned like you know you're really motivated when it comes to like finishing like friends projects and stuff like I'm thinking of, like, a few times, like, when I say I, like, painted something for someone or or felted something, like, I, d- I do agree with you. Like, it kind of, like, pushes you to, like, finish the project because otherwise that could just be, like, lying around forever or, you know, like, because there's no real, like, deadline for it. But if it's, like, somebody's birthday or somebody's anniversary or.
1: So that book that you read. Yeah. Did he go into details about like any psychological studies and stuff that they did to sort of learn about motivation.
0: So there's one really interesting study that they did that really like pops out in my head because like I said, I I like doing artwork. I like painting and felting and that kind of stuff. So one research study that they did was they asked professional artists to kind of like grade other artists um, work and some of the work were commissioned, so they they had to give they had to give them like two pieces. so one work was commissioned, one work was simply because they wanted to do it themselves, and like every single time they rated the non commissioned work as like ten times better than the commissioned work hmm. and they had like this was like a blind study, obviously, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I thought that was really interesting because. I don't know. And then he went into depth about how it's, like, super important to, especially for people in, like, the creative industry, like, simply just to do things. And, like, if you want to sell it, sell it and not to be, like, forcing yourself to make things to get money.
1: Yeah, that brings up the, coi- the point, right, which is that experiment was really, it wasn't just an experiment with the variable of motivation, but it was also about creativity, right? yeah. And I guess motivation yeah. and creativity are kind of very intertwined, but it mm. raises the question of what do you do when you're in a situation that's not necessarily a creative task? Okay. How, how do we quantify or or check on motivation in that situation? Right. When you have to do something that's more routine, like chores or something like that, it's not a creative thing. How do mm-hmm. you, how, how does that change how we're motivated? And, I don't know if the book talks about that or if you have any thoughts about that.
0: Hmm. It's not as simple as like, okay, this is a more like routine task or this is a more like creative task. Like, like, yes, maybe for creative tasks, absolutely. Like you should be like more intrinsically motivated to do them. But things with like chores, like, well, you should sort of also be like intrinsically motivated because... They found that like it had like the opposite effect, right? Like certain tasks, even though they were like routine, mm-hmm. might just have like the opposite effect. But then certain things like, let's say like a very, very tedious task, like, I don't know, like entering emails into a spreadsheet that maybe you wouldn't normally do. So they said like, okay, what's like the best way to go about it? Like, do you ask your employees? Say, say you need to ask your employees to work overtime to do a very tedious task that they normally wouldn't do, like, what do you do? Do you offer them something or don't you? And, like, for those tasks, it's, like, yeah, it is better to, like, offer them, I don't know, food, a bonus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How do you motivate yourself sometimes to do something like write a blog post every single week, even though there's probably weeks when you're just like, I don't feel like it.
0: Mm. I think, I think what my mind goes through is a very brief moment of I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I don't feel motivated. I don't feel inspired. But then my mind also goes back and goes, okay, but why did you start this in the first place? Like, nobody is holding a gun to your head saying, like, you have to finish this blog post or else. Like, I started this blog because I love creating. I love putting out content. I thought it might be useful for other people. And I'm just doing it for fun. So I always go back to that of, like, okay, but why did I start? And it's going to be the same reason as to like why I continue, right? Like even if somebody does offer me money for my blog, it's just going to be like, yeah, but I want to continue doing it how I want to do it because that's like where my passion comes from, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I love that and I completely completely understand and I'm with you on that because I think about it in terms of like, you know, I write a book review of every book that I read and I put those on Mm -hmm. Goodreads. And Mm -hmm. there are days when I'm not feeling motivated. I'm just like, I don't really want to write a review of this book. But I I push through that by reminding myself that, like you just said, nobody's forcing you to do this. I could stop anytime I wanted, but... Yep. And I also give myself permission to suck. Mm -hmm. I tell myself, you know, Ben, if you're going to write a review of every book that you read, as opposed to just the books you really feel strongly about... Obviously, some of your reviews aren't going to be as good as other reviews, and even it it doesn't necessarily correlate to how strongly I feel about a book. There's books that I've loved, and I've written mediocre reviews of them because I just wasn't really feeling like writing that day, or I was tired or something, Mm -hmm. but over the years I've become a lot more permissive in terms of what I'll put up. I do a lot less editing. I'm just like, I don't have time for that. But also like, (laughs) I just give myself permission. Like not every single review is going to be good. Not every single blog post is going to be good, right? Yep, absolutely. So I I love what you're saying. And then to your point about how if somebody came along and started offering you money for that, Mm -hmm. I get that because there have been times when I've thought like, oh, it would be really cool if... Somebody was paying me to write book reviews because obviously a little bit of money on the side, but yeah. then I started thinking and they take like, time. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then I started yeah. thinking like, oh, but then they would have like sort of not full control, but they would have influence over which books I'm reviewing and how I re- mm-hmm. write my reviews and how long my reviews are. And I feel like that would be too much of a constraint on my creativity. Right. So I'm not saying I would mm. never write professional book reviews, but I think that I, I like to remind myself that when I have those kinds of fantasies, it's not as if they're going to be the, it's not as rosy as you think, you're actually thinking, right? Like, it's like, mm. you know, in reality, it would eventually just start feeling like another job.
0: Totally. Yeah. It's not going to make you like any more happier. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it'll give you maybe some extra money on the side, but how much is it going to change things for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. What about knitting? Like, what do you find motivates you to knit? I mean, you said you said the friends?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think when I started, especially when I started out knitting, I was very motivated by trying new techniques. Mm-hmm. So every project that I started, I would look for patterns that had... um different knitting techniques that I hadn't tried or that I wanted to practice some more. So for example, for people who are somewhat familiar with knitting, you always start with the basic like knit and purl stitches. But then as you get into more complicated patterns, you have to do things like increase and decrease the number of stitches that you have on your needles. And there's a couple of Mm -hmm. different techniques for that. You can do things called cables, which involve like switching the order of stitches around as you knit you can do different types of stitches to create different types of patterns and different shaping for the garments. You can do stranded, different colors, double knitting. Uh, the, the list goes on and on. It's you know it's quite a, an interesting and creative craft. And so each time I took on a new project, I was like, okay, what am I ready to tackle next? And it helped me kind of build my skills at knitting. So that that was my motivation, right? Was mm-hmm. I. Liked knitting because it gave me something to do while I was watching TV and it was relaxing. Huh? It was meditative. But my motivation to try the next project was always, what can I learn from this? How can I get better at this? Hmm. Um, these these days, that's still present to an extent. I think I've kind of hit a bit of a plateau in terms of there's only so much more that I can do that isn't a huge investment in my time or my energy right like for example I've never knit an adult sized sweater I right. certainly could I have the skills to do that and it would be a new thing for me to learn how to do but it's also a huge investment of time um, and it's a little bit more fiddly than I'd like to do because you have to actually like make sure it fits people <laughs> whereas <laughs> if, if I'm knitting like a scarf hmm. or a shawl I don't have to worry about it so, that as much if I'm knitting socks you know they don't take quite as long as knitting a sweater, so I'm not saying I'll never knit a sweater, but it's not something I'm motivated to do at this point.
0: Hmm, that's a pretty interesting like perspective. Yeah. I like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank
0: you for sharing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have a little, I have an interesting thing, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about how to become more motivated. So say you're feeling like you're in a rut or you're stuck and you're not really feeling like inspired, Let's talk about ways to, yeah, get yourself out of that funk. So the book that I read um, offered a couple of tips and tricks that I would like to share with you guys. Ask yourself, like, kind of like every night, like, if you're working towards a goal, did I do better today than yesterday? Also, like, give yourself a performance review. So, like, every month, like, you don't need your boss to give you a performance review on your work right like you can give yourself a performance review on your work and your life like okay what (laughs) what areas could I improve in obviously like understanding like how you're motivated more like are you in extrinsically or intrinsically and yeah I think that's yeah I think those are it but what do you think
1: some of those sound familiar to me they make sense I find that I've been struggling with this a little bit lately when it comes to my job because I go through periods as a teacher where I I feel less motivated and less creative and less innovative when it comes to coming up with new ideas for lessons and assignments. And I think part of it is giving yourself permission sometimes to take Mm -hmm. those breaks. I can't emphasize this enough. Some people are workaholics because our culture tells us that if we're not working, we are lazy bastards and we internalize that and we think that taking breaks means that we're being lazy or that we're procrastinating and that's not true.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really, really great point. I honestly feel like I don't do that enough. Like like you said, you need to just give yourself that, a buffer and like that permission to just like relax and, and kind of like tune out or, or be in like a creative state I think for certain things, sometimes thinking about how you want to feel is like my best motivator. Like, oh. okay, well, if I eat a little bit better, maybe I add in, uh, an extra like 15 minutes to my workout, get more sleep, like I'll, I'll feel better, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that brings another idea in my mind, which is the whole idea of like the hierarchy of needs, right? And how... Mm. you you need your basic needs met before you can Mm -hmm. start feeling motivated to do other things right so if you're hungry or angry lonely or tired those different things if those criteria or those tanks aren't full of course you're not going to be motivated to work on a report Mm -hmm. or write a blog post or whatever it is you're supposed to do next because you can't you can't do that like Sometime, sometimes we have this bad habit of just saying, oh, we're just going to push through, right? Oh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, hu- I'm, hungry, but I've got to finish this chapter first. It's like, no, stop. Your body is telling you this for a reason. You can put down what you're doing, assuming you're not operating like an aircraft or something, and you can have <laughs> something to drink and something to eat and meet your body's basic needs, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point.
1: So how do you track yourself because I know that you you have a bullet journal you actually made this really cool video which I'll link to in the show notes about making your your current bullet journal you made a little time lapse video of that so
0: Aww, it, thanks. is that something <laughs> you
1: find really useful for sort of tracking whether you're keeping up with your goals and stuff
0: yes I feel like it's a really great method to keep track of like okay how much am I working out how much am I meditating how much am I stretching Um, How much am I practicing yoga? Because to me, it's like each month is going to vary, right? Like each month is Mm going to have its like challenges. Like each month is going to be just like a tad different based on like how I feel or what my routine is. So I don't judge myself like harshly and be like, oh, like you only, I don't know, like one month I literally like practice yoga once. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's kind of sad because I do really like it. And okay, maybe I was busier that month. Okay, how about next month if I at least practice yoga twice? That's like a win for me. So I kind of view it in that, in those terms. And also like I noticed like certain weeks, like there were maybe, there was a week in January where, let's say I worked out once, but I'm like, oh, because I was like super sick. And then Mm. I could see right away, like it was really interesting because I could see right away, like when I felt better because it would be like, okay, that week, like nothing, the week after like a little bit more, the week after that, like a ton. Nice. So, (laughs) so I think it's really cool to kind of see like, oh yeah, like that month I actually did do quite a bit or, oh yeah, I took like time to, to, to stretch and maybe I just stretched that day and like, that's okay too. Like that's awesome. Or even like this month, I was like a little bit sick, so I only worked out twice in a week. But then the week after that, it was like six times. And I'm like, oh, okay, like that's pretty cool. And yeah, I think what's another nice thing about the bullet journal is, so one side I track my habits and then one side I track my goals. And I used to do sort of like short-term, long-term goals, but now, now I've sort of like cut it up into things that I would like to do that are just simply for the fun of it versus like things that I would like to accomplish. So, so that I found like really useful because it's like, okay, you do something fun and then you do something sort of like that's going to benefit you in the future or whatever. So, it's kind of like a nice like balance. How about you?
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot about bullet journals, so I love mm-hmm. hearing you talk about them because they're very you and um, <laughs> they're not I don't think they're something that I I would ever get into. I've just I've never been somebody for those kind of productivity hacks, right? Like I've tried using to-do lists before and various like to-do apps and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I, just, I never stick with it because I'm lazy and I don't know what it is. I just, everything has to be in my head or else it's just hmm. not, It's not, It's not. if I can't remember, it's not worth it. And I say that as somebody who doesn't have a very good episodic memory, <laughs> but I'm really good at remembering tasks, if that makes sense. OK, but something I, I started recently, I mentioned this to you a while back when I started. It was I, I downloaded a very simple mood tracking app mm. because mm-hmm. I I wanted something turnkey and simple. I, I knew I didn't want to do like a bullet journal. I didn't want to do anything like very custom like you were doing. That was too much mm-hmm. for what I wanted. But I was I wanted to just I wanted some kind of app where all it would do is ask me, what's your mood right now? And I could just hit a button and it would record that and then it would chart that over time so I could kind of look for trends there, right? Yep. And fortunately, I, I found exactly that app. It's called Mood Fit. Um, it's available in the Google Play Store, it's free. And mm-hmm. um, it lets you set up, you can tell it how many times a day you want to track your mood. Uh, you can also track things like sleep, you can track. If you do exercise, you can track your nutrition, you can set up custom goals. The app is actually really nice because it, it gives you like little daily notices and it's got a tool to do like mindfulness and breathing and it even will walk you through um, a little cognitive behavioral therapy session. Um, Whoa. It lets you keep a gratitude journal if you want to. Like It's, it's pretty well constructed. Uh, and it gives you, it charts all your data for you. It does the variables for you. It gives you a little weekly summary at the end of the week saying like, here's your average mood. Here's a chart of your mood over time. Here are the comments that you entered associated with each of your moods. Um, wow. so, so there's a lot more to the app. There's many more layers. But if all you mm-hmm. want to do, like what I wanted to do was just check in in the morning, after work, in the evening, how am I feeling right now? It does that. At its very basic level, and I, 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 think I'm doing this because when it comes to motivation, I'm trying to see like how is my mood affecting my motivation because mm. it's not always easy to understand. Sometimes you can be in a great mood but still have no motivation to do something, or you can be in a terrible mood but you're still going to be want like want to, yeah, or do something or not necessarily want to, but you'll do it anyway, right? You'll be like, Ugh right, I'm in a crappy mood, but I'm going to make breakfast anyway, right? Like you're kind of just Mm -hmm. grumping your way through it. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot lately about how our senses of motivation change as we age and grow older. Um, Mm -hmm. I teach a wide variety of ages of students because all of my students are adults trying to get their high school diploma some of them are younger than me and some of them are much much older than me so it's always hmm. interesting because many of the older students are very motivated to get their high school diplomas because they've been out of high school for a long time they maybe have been in the workplace and they kind of understand the value of getting their diploma to help them get a better job or help them get into post-secondary education. Whereas some of the younger students, if they've only been out of high school for a year or two, they might understand the value of the diploma. They might want to be doing what they're doing, but maybe they they still haven't quite learned the maturity or self-regulation and time management skills that they need to keep themselves Uh, on track right and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm generalizing quite a bit here I don't want to stereotype anybody but it just it gets me thinking about a lot about how as we grow older and as we uh, mature and have different experiences it changes the way that we relate to ourselves and to the world around us and that must affect our motivation as well Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to think like what was I like when I was younger and and how was I motivated Um, I think one thing I have noticed over the years is I'm less fixated on kind of like the payoff at the end right like Mm -hmm. this is this is what I'm going to achieve and I I think that that's similar to what you were saying earlier about how you you don't necessarily imagine what am I going to look like in this dress but sort of like what am I going to feel right so Mm -hmm. when when I was a teenager kind of one of my goals was oh I want to like be a published author I want to publish a novel so I do I was writing lots of stuff right I'd like write a novel and I'd um, write almost every single day and I was really into it I was very motivated but I was I was always thinking about what would that be like at the end of the process whereas these days my goals have changed and I'm no longer that motivated to do something like that and when I'm doing things I'm less interested in what is this going to look like at the end and I'm more interested in what is the process of it now?
0: Hmm. I can't say like I've reflected on it a whole lot, but I feel like it's part motivation and part goals, right? Like I think I've always had this like deep fire within me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that sounds very strange, but you know what I mean. I totally um, know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a very stubborn person. Like I'm, I'm very okay to admit that I think I've I think I've been less stubborn as I've aged which is kind of nice um but I used to be like very fixated on some of my goals like I will do I will do everything to achieve them like I will Mm -hmm. work as hard as I can yeah that's great but like I would kind of like lose sight of other things like yeah it's great to be motivated and to have goals but that's not all that life is Keep, keep, like, a big picture in mind, but but I really liked what you said. Like, really, like, enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, because if you're just living from goal to goal, like, that's not fun. No. Um, and that's not very motivating either. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I've definitely changed in, in that sense. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I was, like, a little bit more, like, ex- extrinsically motivated and, like, I can't deny it. I do like praise,
1: I don't think that's a bad thing.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't think it's the end all be all and I, that's not what I live for. And I don't care f- for praise from somebody random that I don't know, but I love praise from like friends and family. Yeah. It makes me happy and it kind of like helps me to like keep on going. Like sometimes, and you know this, like there have been times when I'm like, oh man, like do people like read my blog? Like is it actually like serving a purpose or am I just like putting this out in the universe and it's just like a black hole you know and sometimes I'll get like messages from like friends or family or even like random people and I don't know it's always, it's always those moments when I like most need it to kind of like keep going Yeah, it's like just that one person says something super super nice and I'm like okay it helped them that's awesome I'm going to keep doing this that's really really cool so, then, I must say that I don't know if you motivate me to be a better friend, but you definitely inspire me Aww. to be a better friend. Thank you. <laughs>
1: so, uh, Becky, how can people find us if they want to give us their motivation tips?
0: You can find us at www.wejustliketalk.com, and you can find us everywhere you find podcasts, including iTunes and Spotify.
1: All right. And uh, next episode, later in the month, we'll be back. We're going to talk about Real Housewives of New York this time. We
0: got some juicy stuff going on.